Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Let's swap it this time. You do the countdown. A three, a two, a three, two, one, hit. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to another, to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Our roles have reversed for today. <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you, Tali. What's up, sisters? Hope you're doing really, really well with the start of your week. It's another episode of A Sister and Her Mister podcast. Today, we're actually in Istanbul, Turkey. It's been a few weeks since we've done a episode with just me and Talin, so we're happy to be back. And yeah, we're basically traveling again. Yes, we're here. I'm looking at an ocean view right now. Life is good. I must say the food in Turkey is absolutely incredible. I did grow up eating this food, Sirak as well. But, you know, coming back, you're trying new things, things that maybe my mom didn't make or new ingredients that they started using here. For example, pomegranate molasses. They're putting it on everything and it tastes amazing. Yeah. Like yesterday we had a kebab, which is like is kebab English? Like kebab I think so. Yeah, I say kebab. It was kebab with pistachios in it. So like meat with pis- with pistachios. He can't even say it. He can't even say it. He's so excited about it. It was pretty good. <laughs> Very different. It was pretty good. It was amazing. Honestly, my mind was blown. Okay. I will say one thing, sisters. Today, we are sharing a mic because I'm going to have to throw Talion on, what is what is the term? Under the bus. Under the bus. I'm going to throw Talion under the bus. I won't drive over. I'm just going to throw you under and we're going to leave the bus on top. But this is what happened. So three weeks ago, we went back to America because it was my cousin's wedding and other events. And we went back and then when we were going to travel again, Tallinn was pretty adamant about reducing the weight of our luggage, which I agreed. It was pretty crazy to take six bags of luggages with us throughout Europe. This time, we only took two because it's summer. You don't need that many thick layers, therefore less weight. However, she was adamant about only taking one podcast mic, which at the time, I was like, Tallinn, this is not a good idea. It's I don't think it's good to share a mic. It's hard for us to talk, you know, naturally. So lo and behold, we took one mic, and now we're sharing one mic, and now we are like... Huddled like birds under <laughs> under yeah. a tree on a rainy day. Yeah, and every time you talk, I have to like give you the mic and every time i want to talk you have to you give me the mic leave the mic right here in the middle and we can just both lean a little bit forward but the middle doesn't work as well because like here's the thing here's it in, in the middle and we're talking right we're talking we're talking talk talking, talking. Talk. but then now if you would put it closer hello my name is sirak look how much better that sounds okay then let's be this close to Are each you other serious? like the two lovebirds yeah anyway it's gonna be hard for our podcast editor to really edit this to make the audio levels decent, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's just the way it is today. All right. But with that being said, today we're going to talk about seven hormonal imbalances that can be uh, caused by your PCOS. It's actually a reel that we did recently, and there was so much interest about the causes mm. and the fixes that we're going to talk about all seven 
and how to what are the causes, how to actually get to the root cause and fix it so that you no longer have to deal with those hormonal imbalances. Yes. So, I mean, I always like to know exactly why certain symptoms are happening. Uh, so if I was struggling with cystic acne and then I learned that it was from inflammation, you know, then I know that I can do something about reducing my inflammation and improving my cystic acne. So we'll get into that right now. First, let's answer some questions. Yes. So as a Q&A portion of the podcast, we're going to start with a question from Instagram from Hannah Fink. Her question is, can you still lose this much weight while on the pill if you change your lifestyle to better suit PCOS? I don't think I want to go off the pill. Really don't want to be pregnant right now, but I'm so ready to take control of my symptoms. So this this uh, question was on a post that we recently did on Instagram about a fellow sister, Alemir, who lost 100 pounds and we talked about her journey on that post one of the, one of those things was she was on the pill she got off the pill and as she got off and dove into reversing her symptoms she was also able to lose 100 pounds so how would you um, answer this question babe i think that you can definitely find some improvements even if you're on the pill you can do these diet and lifestyle changes and prevent a lot of the issues that could happen in the future if you don't manage your symptoms. So for example, diabetes, if you really struggle with insulin resistance and that triggers high testosterone and PCOS symptoms, taking birth control can cover the symptoms of high testosterone, but that doesn't mean you're not insulin resistant. And if you ignore that long enough, it can snowball into diabetes and birth control makes insulin resistance even worse. So whether you're on the pill or not, it's really important to focus on blood sugar management, reducing inflammation, and managing your insulin resistance to prevent any of those issues from happening. And keep in mind too, as Talion hands the mic to me like a baton, keep in mind too when you're on birth control and you start managing your symptoms and things are going great, it's when you decide to come off of birth control where it can take sometimes up to a year for your hormones to rebalance themselves. So just keep in mind that that in its own could be a process as well. All right, next question is from Jane on our YouTube channel. Her question is, what do you think of dancing and PCOS? Well, great question. I think we always talk about intense workouts and how intense workouts can affect your stress hormone negatively and, and exacerbate other PCOS symptoms. Now, when it comes to other I mean, let's just talk about all these other different activities for sure, like dancing or even if you're doing something like Zumba or just an, an activity that you really enjoy. Maybe it's like playing soccer, playing sports. It's honestly really going to be about you seeing how you feel after those activities. Do you feel like after you go dancing for, let's say, an hour or two hour, do you feel really fatigued? Do you feel stressed out? Do you, are you getting in your car after your dancing session and feeling like, wow, like I felt like I just got hit by hit by a truck and I feel like I need to like lay down and like take a nap. How about the next day? When you wake up the next day, are you feeling those same symptoms? Do you feel like you can't get out of bed? Do you feel like you can't continue with your day? If you're feeling those symptoms, then you may just need to make some minor adjustments. I'm not going to tell you to stop dancing. I think you should you should continue dancing. You should do what you love. It's just about making the proper adjustments so that you can enjoy what you do and feel good at the same time. To be honest, I feel like dancing should is a great activity. It's great for cardiovascular health. It's great it's something you enjoy. There's music. What? It's great for stress management. 
Yes. So you see, you see how this one mic affects us. You talk in the corner of the room. It, it sounds like you're like yelling from the corner of the room. So yeah, that would be my answer for that. Next question. Liz Mayer says, how do I stop the cravings? I'm a nurse, so little sleep, changing shifts, and stress are a day-to-day -day thing. And there's always something sweet at the station to stop us from screaming in frustration. You know what? I We, first of all, want to say, you know, how much we appreciate your job as a nurse. And Absolutely. as a woman with PCOS, being you being a nurse... At the same time, it just makes it so challenging. Like you said, you get little sleep, stress all day, you know, changing shifts. And I can understand how that is really difficult for you. Essentially, you know, there's no way around those things, those issues, because it seems to be part of the job. But I do suggest having your meals prepared in advance, at least, or You know, if you don't have time to cook, perhaps um, doing a food delivery service, maybe just for your lunches or navigating the cafeteria to find something healthy for you to sustain your energy and also to reduce the cravings. So something high in protein is essential for your breakfast and in your lunch and in your dinner. Otherwise, your cravings are going to come up and in, in between your meals and just take control because you're already stressed and your cortisol is high and you're running around and maybe you didn't get enough sleep. So it's, it's going to be quite a struggle to manage cravings if you're not eating enough protein. Uh, that's number one. And then number two is having a snack, uh, something delicious, something that isn't packed with sugar, something that you'll look forward to so that you don't have to get sucked into the cafeteria And the sweets there. You know what's so interesting? And I just, now that you've said this, I'm going to say it. When I did my dietetic internship and I worked at a hospital and there was, at one point there was like a lesson we were learning about hospital cafeterias and they purposely put comfort food in hospital cafeterias to make the staff feel better because of what a stressful job it is and their cravings and just comfort food, right? The sweets, the unhealthy things you see in the cafeteria. They, the dietitians put that there to make you feel it's, you know, no bad intentions, but just to make you feel better. I just like disagree with it so much. And here we're on our podcast. So I feel like it's a safe space to talk about how much I disagree with this mentality because what would probably make you feel better is something healthy that's sweet, but actually good for you that will give you energy so that you can go back to work and feel like your best self and not like you constantly have to have some sweet scrumptious snack every time you're exhausted after a long shift yeah i think like a like you were saying so what was that term like something that makes you feel good like a what is what is that like a crutch like a no 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 like a like a good feel what is that feel good like food? A feel good food yeah like i think a feel good food is like great to have definitely like like once in a while or like definitely good to have but you know to have that option there every day that can be difficult and like like talian said i agree i think it would be better if there were like healthy options available all the time so you can like depend on the cafeteria you can go downstairs to the cafeteria and have anything you want because they're all they're all great healthy options so and another thing <laughs> might i add that they teach dietitians you know 
I don't personally agree with like every single thing that I've learned in school becoming a dietitian. And that's why you see so much controversy when it comes to nutrition and even on Instagram and in the PCOS community. It's because in school, we aren't taught certain things that I've learned from naturopathic doctors and personal experience. We're taught more of the conventional route, uh, not the natural route. And, you know, that's fine in some circumstances, but I mean, let this be an example, this cafeteria example that I'm telling you, like certain things are way back in conventional medicine. That's why you see people up in arms in the PCOS community uh, dietitians and so on, because they've been taught one thing. And sometimes you just have to expand your horizon, do a little research, open your mind, see what's going on in the world and not always go by the textbook. Yeah. Like a great example is a food pyramid. I think we all know now that the food pyramid is so outdated and it's still something that's taught in schools to so many people. Like just, yeah. just take a, take a look at the food pyramid and think to yourself, like, does this actually look like a healthy um, portions and things like that? So, all right, we went on a bit of a tangent there, but that was great. Uh, and then the last question is going to be from our hotline. We got a, a voicemail from a fellow sister. Uh, if you don't know, we have, a, we have a hotline where you can call and leave a voicemail. And we'd like to play the messages on this episode to answer your questions directly. The phone number is one eight three three ask pcos one eight three three. A-S-K-P-C-O-S. And here is this week's caller. Hi there. I just had a couple questions. I wanted to thank you guys for all your help. The voicemail might cut me off. I'm going to make this quick. My first question was regarding um, growth in the chest region. Lately, I've been having a lot of that, and I'm a small stature, so didn't know if we had any tips for that. Two, I was curious if going plant-based would be helpful at all, um, just with the hormones and meat, or if I just need to cut out hormone-based meat. Um, and then third, my doctor has me on berberine, and I don't know if you've seen that help with PCOS. So just food for thought would be great. Appreciate you guys and all the help and knowledge you give um, to us sisters. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Great three questions right there. So the first question was about growth in the chest region. I think in this case, any growth in the chest region, that's definitely something that you should be you should check out with your doctor, especially yes. if it's painful. That could be um, something that's uh, more serious. I would just check with your doctor on that because that could be that could be uh, any n- number of things. Yeah, definitely. It could be a cyst. It could be a fibroid. It could be a lump that needs to get checked out. I would definitely go to the doctor and, you know, have it checked out constantly. Yeah. And then the next question was plant based. Going on a plant-based diet, I believe means, you know, eating mainly plants and not like always eating meat at every single meal. Oh, I, I was looking at it as like a vegan, vegan? question, okay. but I'm, I'm not sure. Some people say it's vegan. Some people say it's what I had to just described. But, you know, I personally believe if you source some quality meats that are antibiotic-free, hormone-free, sustainably made uh then you should be okay. And of course, eating, you know, fish several times a week is great because they have anti-inflammatory components and also, you know, minimizing your red meat intake to just like once or twice a week, uh, which I find very difficult and personally do not abide by. But (laughs) I actually think I might abide by that without even realizing it. But most of the time I have it like three times or four times a week. But anyways... 
Back to my point, cutting back on meat and processed foods isn't a bad idea as long as you're still having protein and you are staying satisfied and full and not getting cravings right after your meal or even just like two hours after your meal. Like you should be okay for like three, four hours. And if you're not, that's fine. You can slowly get yourself to that point with other things like weightlifting and yeah. And the third question was about berberine. Um, so berberine definitely uh, can be a great supplement for PCOS depending on uh, each individual. Some benefits of berberine are, uh, for example, like helping to regulate blood sugar levels. It can help with lowering cholesterol. It can like prevent like UTIs, cystitis. It can help you lose weight. So it's really, de- of course, really depends on your on your certain situation. And if your doctor suggested berberine for you, it may be that they thought it may help with your blood sugar levels. So it can be a great option. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. Theranatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2,000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. So... Time to get into the main, main episode topic today. It is the seven signs of hormonal uh, imbalances that are associated with PCOS. Now, should we say the seven hormonal imbalances first and then go through each one? Or should we just like go through each one? Let's go through each one. All right. So the first sign of hormonal imbalance with PCOS is weight gain in the midsection, also known as belly fat. So some of the causes of weight gain, if you're gaining weight specifically, specifically in the midsection and the belly area, it can be due to two reasons. Okay, I'll say three because genetics always plays a part. Some people gain weight in some areas. Some people gain weight in the legs. Some people gain weight in the butt region. Some people gain weight in the midsection. It's like, it's a, it can be a genetic thing. But the two other factors are insulin resistance and cortisol. So if you're constantly stressed, if you have constantly high uh, levels of cortisol hormone, then that can actually, studies show that can lead to weight gain specifically in the, in the midsection. Same thing with insulin resistance. So based on those two causes, I'm sure you already know what we're going to recommend for this. Yes. Based on those two causes, 
I would suggest managing your insulin and cortisol. These are two hormones that we do have control over that actually have like a trickle down effect on the other hormones like testosterone and our other androgen hormones and estrogen and so on. So when it comes to managing insulin and cortisol, I'm talking about blood sugar control, especially, you know, what time you're eating. Are you skipping breakfast? Or are you having a high protein breakfast at nine o'clock, lunch at 12 or one, and then dinner at like six-ish and perhaps a snack in between lunch and dinner to hold you over? Or are you skipping meals, drinking coffee, which spikes cortisol, doing an intense workout, like an hour long run as fast as you can? You know, these kinds of things will disrupt and dysregulate cortisol and sometimes insulin and create lots of PCOS symptoms, one of them including weight gain or a weight plateau. And it just sucks because you're trying so hard to lose weight, you're working out, you're doing all these things, you're skipping meals, you think that it's going to work because that's what Google said or somebody else. But it doesn't for PCOS women. And if you're looking for supplements to help you get started with with uh, both insulin resistance and helping with your cortisol hormone, one that we recommend is of course Ovacetol. The supplement, in, as you know, Inositol is one of the most researched supplements for PCOS and has been shown to really improve insulin resistance. Therefore. That can be a great option. There's a link in our description with a 15% off code. And if you're looking to help with cortisol hormone to help with belly fat, then look into some supplements like magnesium. Magnesium has been really has been really shown to help with falling asleep at night, to help you relax your body, to basically uh, start um, helping you with your circadian rhythm, which is really what we're talking about when we talk about cortisol hormone. So those would be two supplements we would really recommend if you want to get started with supplements. Number two, waking up in the middle of the night or having poor quality sleep. So this is just one of those signs that your cortisol has been out of whack or your blood sugar is unstable while you're asleep. So it just is a reflection of your day. You know, did you drink a bunch of coffee to keep you up and running during the day? And now that's like circulating in your body and it's hard to get yourself to get some quality sleep. Or um, did you skip your meals? Did you do an intense workout? Like I mentioned, everything that's related to weight loss is also related to the symptom of not being able to sleep at night or get quality sleep throughout the night. And uh, when it comes to these kinds of PCOS management tactics, you know, we talk about PCOS weight loss in the sisterhood a lot. The sisterhood is our membership program where we give lots of advice and tips and resources and recipes and workouts for women who are trying to lose weight with PCOS, but it helps all of your PCOS symptoms as well because they're so interrelated. So with that being said, if you're eating, for example, if you're just having like a salad for dinner a really fruity smoothie for breakfast, having a cup of coffee for lunch. This isn't ideal when it comes to blood sugar management or stress management. And you're most likely going to want to snack all night long and then have poor quality sleep at night. So the recipes in the sisterhood are all designed with protein, carb, and fat and fiber to keep you satisfied and full throughout the day and so that you're able to have stable blood sugar for the period of time while you're asleep so you're not waking up hungry and ready for a snack. Great. All right, so the third sign of a hormonal imbalance with PCOS is skin issues like acne or even like darkening of the skin, which is known as 
I always get this, like, it's hard for me to pronounce this. Acanthosis nigricans, right? Is that how you say it? Yes. So skin issues like that can be a, a result of for uh, excess oil, like, like uh, sebum production, hair follicles being clogged by oil and dead skin cells, bacteria, and also inflammation. If you're having constant inflammation, for example, if you're eating gluten and that's causing inflammation in your body, that can also lead to acne. As well as dairy, we've, been, we've talked many times about how studies have shown dairy can actually lead to cystic acne as well. Now, since Talia actually used to have a lot of um, acne in the past when she was going through her PCOS journey, I'll let Talia go ahead and give some tips on how to start reversing that one. Gluten and dairy-free people. <laughs> okay. Gluten and dairy-free. I will say it again. Going gluten and dairy-free. Now, I'm not just saying gluten-free. I'm saying and dairy-free. I thought that just a little bit of this and a little bit of that you know, I'll be okay. I would have like a little slice of cheese in the morning, but that's it. That was my only dairy consumption. Mm -mm, mm -mm. The cystic acne was real and painful and red and deep and impossible to pop. And there was no product that was going to fix it except reducing the inflammation that's literally causing it. So aside from that, I still have acne-prone skin. I don't get cystic acne. But when it's humid, when we're eating out a lot, and I don't know what oils and whatnot is in my food, and maybe I'm not having enough access to vegetables, depending on what country we're in, I get a little bit of acne. And what really helps with this is doing is using a face wash that has glycolic acid in it. And I do like a double wash at night. And just make sure I get all that stuff off, makeup, sweat, whatever, clean, 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 glycolic acid. And once a week, I actually do a glycolic acid facial using the glycolic acid wipes that you can find. I buy the Goop ones, Goop brand, um, and I just wipe it all over my face and I, I moisturize and then I sleep like that. And I'm aglow the next day. So glycolic acid is a big one and also making sure that you have a moisturizer that's not like super oily and like, ugh, like I've tried so many. So it's really important for me when I use a moisturizer that it's like something that's light and not super oily. I use the Honest Beauty brand. So that makes a big difference in my acne as well. And then sometimes I put vitamin A, sometimes I put vitamin C. I just like change it up every once in a while. Yes. Right, let's go on. The next sign, the fourth sign, is irregular periods. And irregular periods could also mean periods that are painful or not consistent or just like basically completely, uh, completely missing. And of course, missing periods can be due to different factors, but some of them can be, of course, caused by medicines, also exercising too much, therefore increasing your stress hormones, also not eating enough calories. Those two are really important because when you're exercising too much and then when you're also not eating enough calories, it's putting your body in a state of stress. You're literally telling your body that there's not enough resources around my environment and I'm in danger because your body is thinking, okay, this person is exercising vigorously and they're not eating enough therefore there must be some sort of famine we've really talked we've talked about in the past how pcos you know like thousands and thousands of years ago was almost like a what would be the term babe like a, a like a response protective medicine uh, a response yeah a protective response because your body th thinks that you're in a, uh, a dangerous environment 
therefore it doesn't want you to have a baby therefore it causes you to you know not have your period and other various issues so those can be some of the the causes of irregular periods but then there can also be other hormonal problems such as thyroid Uh, if you have uh, thyroid levels that are either too low or too high that can also cause problems with periods essentially like you said it's a blood sugar issue so if you're not eating enough calories or you're working out a lot a lot it's going to affect your blood sugar and that's going to tell your body your blood sugar your insulin levels it's is going to be the hormone that tells your body like we're in danger stop uh you know having your period and let's fight or flee or whatever well cortisol will tell you that but essentially your blood sugar stability is going to be reflected in your period. And what I mean by that is if you're missing your period, that's why when you take an Ovacetol supplement, it can really help with getting your period back because it's targeting insulin resistance. Having high insulin levels will trigger high testosterone in your ovaries and then irregular periods and issues like that. So it's really important to keep your blood sugar stable in order to have regular periods. And of course, it doesn't end there. There are other things issues that might come into play like pituitary gland issues and so on but that's the first place i would start blood sugar management yes and of course there can be other hormonal problems such as estrogen or progesterone as we talked about the thyroid so you you may need to talk to your doctor about uh, some sort of a thyroid medication so um, those are those are also some other various things you can look at too all right number five hair loss so we always get this question during Instagram lives, and it's a question that we, we love to always, of course, answer. But basically, hair loss can also be attributed to insulin resistance. So we've talked about insulin resistance a lot during this episode, and that's because 80% of sisters have insulin resistance, and this is really where a lot of PCOS symptoms come from. So what happens when you have insulin resistance? One of the things that happen is an overproduction of testosterone. And that overproduction of testosterone can lead to hair fall as well as facial hair. So the one thing you want to definitely get started with again, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse. Is that how you, that's how you say it? I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but again, the insulin resistance is going to play a huge part in reversing your hair loss because that's going to stop the overproduction of testosterone. Now, at the same time, you can also be taking a supplement, for example, like Ovacetol to help with your insulin resistance. Also, spearmint tea. Um, spearmint tea has been shown in studies that if you drink it three times a day, it can actually lead to lowering your co- uh, testosterone levels. So spearmint tea is a great option. And yeah, I think those would be some of the things I would say. Talia, what about you? All of those are right. And also, I get a lot of messages from sisters who have gone gluten and dairy free and their hair started growing back. That's because they're reducing inflammation, which is the, really the root of all the issues for PCOS. The, the blood sugar, the cortisol, like inflammation will drive all of that to hell and back. So if you're reducing your inflammation, you're really targeting the biggest root issue of all your PCOS symptoms. And sometimes that's as simple as swapping out gluten and dairy or taking some supplements that uh, can, you know, support your diet and lifestyle at the same time. So don't underestimate that. And also it takes like six to 12 months to really see your hair start growing back. So be patient, be consistent, realize it's a lifestyle change. Number six, low libido. 
So the same things that would affect hair loss will affect your libido as well. Having high androgen levels will kind of just like take you out of the mood um, and also make you feel like angry and like aggressive all the time. I would know that was me at one point. Uh, just in a bad anxious mood all the time so it can be really challenging getting your antigens under control can help you relax get in the mood as well and not to mention having high antigens makes you have hair uh, facial hair acne hair loss weight gain things like this and it can lead to like poor body image and low self-esteem and take you out of the mood as well so i mean can't blame you for that um and making sure your stress is under control can also help with those high androgen levels, whether it's your lifestyle, you know, if you're driving in traffic all the time or you have school and then work and then kids. I mean, it can be really stressful. So just carving out like five minutes to meditate or anything can really just help reduce your cortisol levels, help you get your mind back down to a relaxed place throughout your day. And all those little things that you do to make your stress go down a little bit will eventually add up and help with those androgen levels. Yes. All right. Now the seventh sign, before I say the seventh one, stay tuned for later in the episode, we're going to do a little giveaway. The seventh sign is anxiety. This is something we should definitely talk about uh, like, uh, really in detail because anxiety is actually very common in the PCOS community, unfortunately. About 40 to 50% of PCOS women experience anxiety as well as depression. And this is really, it can be due to various reasons. But of course, if you're already going through PCOS, you're going through these symptoms, it can make you feel down on yourself. It can make you feel, it can make you have low self-esteem. It can make you feel worried throughout the throughout the day. So that's definitely uh, one cause of anxiety with PCOS. But also looking down at the hormonal level, the cortisol can make it even worse. So the cortisol hormone, we all know like anxiety can come from your environment, right? From your environment. So like work stress, you know, family stress, um, just living arrangements, like different situations in your life can, of course, cause anxiety and depression in your life. We're de we're, we definitely want to also acknowledge that. But from a hormonal level, if you're drinking, let's say, coffee th throughout the day, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the late evening, that's just going to make it harder for you to deal with your anxiety because your, your cortisol hormone, it's going to make you feel, for example, like jittery. It's going to make you feel like you're having like your heart feels like it's beating faster so whenever you get into that anxious moment in your life it's gonna make it harder for you to like think clearly it's gonna make you almost get angry quicker or get into an emotional state much easier so of course environmental issues many times can be the main cause but when you're having cor your cortisol hormone dysregulated it's gonna make it much more difficult for you to like go head on with those issues so you want to basically help make sure your cortisol hormone is regulated. I know that sounds easier than actually doing it, but that's going to be through maybe reducing your caffeine intake, reducing those really exhausting workouts, focusing on sleep, you know, making sure that you're on a better sleep cycle so that your cortisol and your melatonin hormone are in sync. And doing those things eventually down the road can make it easier to deal with those, um, deal with the uh, anxiety. When you said coffee, that reminded me of workouts. So a lot of sisters, including myself, what? Oh, a lot of sisters, including myself, we have worked out to death, okay? 
kickboxing class back to back, running for miles and miles on an empty stomach. Yes, we've done it all. And what has it left us with? Anxiety. You just sit in your car. You can't even drive home. You're anxious. You're shaking. You have no period. You have facial hair, acne, hair loss, and you're not losing any weight. And you're wondering why. Well, that intense workout can really trigger all these PCOS symptoms and intense anxiety. That's why when you try the slow weighted workouts that we recommend, and we have plenty of workout videos in the sisterhood, people feel like they've meditated after the workout. Because you've literally, you've lifted weights, you're building muscle, you're losing weight, but afterwards you're not having this like huge cortisol spike that you can't bring back down like you would if you were doing an intense workout. You feel good. You feel like you, you can continue with your day and you're energetic. And there's a huge difference between our method and regular workouts. And that's not to say HIT is not for anyone, because uh, there are studies that say that that could help too. But if it doesn't make you feel good, then don't do it, is my recommendation. And personally, I have not done anything other than a slow-weighted workout or Pilates or yoga in a long time. And I just don't plan on going back from the trauma, <laughs> even if I can. Yes. All right. So those are the seven signs. And before we end the episode, we're going to do a little giveaway and we're going to talk about the wins of the week from fellow sisters. We're going to give away a three-month supply of Ovacetol. We like to do this every week as a way of thanking our thanking the supporters and the listeners of our podcast. And we do that by uh, picking a winner uh, from just randomly from the reviews left on our podcast. And this week, that is Isabella Fred. She says, this is my go-to for everything. She says, I am so incredibly thankful that my sisters introduced me to your pod. We all have PCOS and always look to you for guidance. That's amazing. I love that your sisters recommended this podcast and that you appreciate or that you like, uh, uh, li- like the guidance that we give. So that's amazing. And she also says, quick question. I feel like after I ovulate two or three days later, I suffer from more anxiety than than normal what should i do when i get this and how can i prevent i am dairy free 100 percent and gluten free 80 percent. that's amazing well i hope what we just talked about during this last portion of this podcast about anxiety i hope that answered your question and gave you more insight about what to do about the anxiety that you're experiencing so yeah i think we kind of kind of covered it right babe yeah i'm pretty sure we did yeah okay now the last portion of the podcast Let's talk about the wins of the week. If you're new to our podcast, the wins of the week are sisters who are managing their PCOS symptoms, losing weight, and basically showing PCOS who the boss is. Who the boss? All right. First, we have Katie Elder. She says, I survived my diagnostic ultrasound. I was referred to diagnostic imaging back in March and finally had it today to check for PCOS fibroids and cysts. I have severe medical anxiety and faint or reach pre-syncope during every medical visit, including my pap from March. But today we went so well and I'm so proud. Send me positive vibes and prayers for the results. We are sending you all the good vibes. Yes. You go, girl. You got this, Katie. We're here for you every step of the way. That's great that you're going and doing that and checking for everything. I do that as well. Every year I go and I make sure I don't have an ovarian cyst or anything. And yeah, it's been clear for years. Sarah Borer says, I just want to celebrate with people who get it. I've been gluten and dairy free for almost three weeks now and I feel great. 
I gave up caffeine this week too, which may have not been the best timing since my husband is gone for nine days and my baby is going through a sleep regression. <laughs> I woke up so tired, but instead of grabbing coffee, I got a decaf latte and went for a walk. Huge win for me. Other wins, my kid told me that I've been less crabby. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's, it's, it's kind of funny when your kid tells you that, but that's, that's, a, great, that's a great thing. So good. My anxiety is way down. So good. Body is less achy, feels energized, falling asleep faster, ate a regular serving of dairy-free ice cream, and was satisfied. Normally, it would be torture. I'd want to eat the whole pint. And my bloating is down. That is so good. I'm so happy for you and all of your wins. You go, girl. Yes. All right. Our last one. And again, this is from The Sisterhood from, from Crystal St. Louis. She says, hey, sisters, I used to have these really bad headaches daily on one side of my head. It would get so bad that I would need to take painkillers just to sleep. I recently noticed I don't have the headaches anymore. What changed? I started using Ovacetol for a little more than two months now. I'm so happy I started this. Now, just to get exercising and work on my diet, let's do this, ladies, she says. Wow. Love that. Amazing, Crystal. I can't imagine like having painful headaches like that. So I'm so happy that you were able to kind of like you, you were able to stop having those. And we're so glad that Ovastal was able to help you. So you got this. We're here for you. Yes. It must have been related to blood sugar. So that's great that you have it under control. The way the audio levels are just like oscillating, one might say. I think it's worth not carrying around a 10 pound. 10? 10. You're such an exaggerator. Microphone. Let me see. This is so heavy. No, it's not. Stop it. It's like maybe like four pounds. Four is a lot when the luggage can only be 50 pounds. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope this episode was easy to listen to. I hope the, the mic was not a deterrent for, for anyone listening. And yeah, we'll be back next week with, with another episode. We'll keep you updated as we go throughout our traveling we only have like two months left, then we're back in America for good. We kind of miss it, to be honest. Having like a really good steady system or habit in America is something we really miss. You know, while you're traveling, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy just to go, you know, back and forth from places and not having like a consistent schedule. So until then, though, we will talk to you next week. Talk to you soon, sisters. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.